You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. Welcome to episode 35 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson, and as always, this is presented by Upland Brits. Also brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Man's best friend deserves man's best kennel. That's why I trust Gunner Kennels. Also brought to you by Trinity Bretons, home of the Epignol Breton. All Trinity dogs are from champion bloodlines that are field tested and family approved. For 32 years, Trinity Bretons has worked to offer you the best bred Epignol Bretons in the country. Also brought to you by a brand new sponsor to the Upland Rookie Podcast, Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. Ultimate performance, maximum nutrition, personal service. Check out Anookshook Professional Dog Food at anookshookpro.com. And lastly, on X Hunt, know where you stand. Just because bird season is over in most parts of the country now, it is not too late to sign up or renew your membership with Onyx Hunt. I use Onyx a ton through this off-season time. We got spring turkey coming up here. I am on it constantly uh, looking at new land and topography and new layers and all that good stuff, uh, as well as I'm using it constantly looking ahead uh, at September 1st, uh, checking out new states, new areas, new walk-in land uh, that I want to check out uh, for next season. So uh, use promo code TUR20 for 20% off your subscription with Onyx Hunt. That's T-U-R-20. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to episode 35 of the podcast. Uh, Really excited to be back with you guys for another week, another episode. Chatting dogs, chatting hunting, seasons are just coming to an end. I think Arizona closed a couple days ago. Utah, Nevada might be open for Chucker um, here for a couple more days. I'm not not positive on that, but I know things are coming to a close, and that's always a bittersweet time. Uh, time just to reflect back, I think. Um, I mean, I've been scrolling through my my phone and just checking out photos that I forgot I had and forgot, forgot that I took. Um, it's a fun time. Honestly, It's it can be sad of that hunting season is over. Hunting wild birds is done. Uh, most of the spots I'm hunting. So um, if you're one of the lucky ones that has a season still open for wild birds, good for you. I'm happy for you. I really am. Uh, but no, I, I do like this this season that uh, as things want, uh, wrap up from the, the hunting season, um, I look forward to this time. I look forward to all the things that are ahead uh, just for me personally uh, with dogs and hunting and, you know, just this time of year. Um it was, it was a great season. I, I love this past season. I hunted more than I ever have. Um, hunted new states, new birds, uh, just totally new experiences. Hunted with new friends that I've never hunted with before. Um, so I'm really thankful uh, for this past season that I had. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better season uh, with my dogs and just the time I was able to spend a field. Um, definitely, definitely made some life long memories. And I hope you guys did as well. I hope you got out there uh, as much as you wanted to. Uh, I know uh, that can be hard for some of us. I, even I wanted to be out there more, but um, you know, we got jobs and families and, and all that good stuff. And uh, so I'm just thankful for the time I was able to spend out there and health and my back held up, which was uh, a huge blessing. And uh, the season prior, my back went out and a couple uh, herniated discs and all that good stuff. Um, so I was just thankful for, uh, for health this season for myself. And I, I was able to, to get out there with my dog. So, um, but yeah, looking forward to the spring and summer. I mean, there's so much I want to work on with Wynn. Um, I mean, she, she completed her first season. She just turned one and I'm really looking forward to, um, yeah, just putting in extra time with her. Um, I gotta get with my mentor a little bit and talk through kind of what we want to do as far as, you know, possibly uh, breaking her and, and where where she's at, and what would be most ideal for her to get her steady to wing shot, and, and you know, at least wing and shot would be great for now. Um, 
but yeah, just there's some trials I want to want to try out and run her in. We got a bunch of Nastra events I'm registered for for the spring. I'm going to be doing with Gage, and so those are actually going to be coming up here pretty soon. Um, that I'm I'm pretty pumped for. So lots to look forward to, and then summer hits, and then it's just working them and conditioning them, and and you know making sure they're in top shape, and so lots to look forward to. Um, yeah. So I'm excited. I hope you guys had a great season and uh, I'm just rambling now, so I will, I will quit. But a um, couple things I wanted to get to, uh, you guys probably noticed a, a new sponsor of the podcast, um, Anook Shook Professional Dog Food. I am so freaking stoked um, to be with Anook Shook Dog Food. It, um, long story short, I'm not going to answer all the minute uh, details right now of like, hey, why'd you, why, you know, why'd you leave the other company and go go with a Nook Shook? Um, if you message me, we can talk and I can share some of my own personal thoughts and opinions, you know, and all that. But um, I just, I wanted uh, a high quality, I wanted the best food for my dogs. And uh, the more I researched and looked into Nook Shook, um, talked with the the people at Anook Shook and asked questions and all that stuff. I mean, this is just a top-notch company, uh, just doing things right, putting out some high-quality uh, dog food for uh, for the avid uh, bird dog who's who's working, who's an athlete, and who's you know burning a lot of calories and who needs a lot of calories uh, during season, during the off-season, all that good stuff. And so, long story short, um, I actually uh, was I was. Uh, on a Nook Shook last year before the podcast started, and I was loving it. I think it was really good. I came off uh, another big name uh, brand and went to a Nook Shook, was loving it. Right before I started the podcast, got connected with uh, my previous dog food sponsor, and I got all excited. I was, I was super excited. I was like, all right, you know what? Like, they're offering me something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. And and it was great. I mean, people I worked with were, were, were great. And, um, but, through this season, I was just noticing some things with the food and with the availability that I was just, I was getting kind of frustrated with and, um, reached back out to a nook shook and started a conversation with them. And yeah, long story short, back on a nook shook, uh, professional dog food. And I am so excited. Um, yeah. So high, high quality food. I cannot say enough. Um, I, I could read you a bunch of things from the website, but it's not gonna, I mean, <laughs> it's not gonna make sense probably. Um, I am gonna have uh, uh, a guy named Brian from the Anookshuk team uh, on the podcast, actually here pretty soon. Uh, we're gonna dive in just and pick pick the dog food apart and, and share a little bit more about it, what makes it unique, um, and just get to know Brian and the Anookshuk team a little bit more. Uh, but again, overall top-notch companies uh, based out of uh, Fredrickson, New Brunswick, uh, Canada. And um, they have one mill that they have up there. Uh, their quality control is top-notch uh, at the mill up in New Brunswick. And uh, just a great small, small operation, but they are putting out some, some really incredible dog food. And so I could not be happier uh, to be with a Nook Shook and uh, dogs are doing fantastic on it. And so, uh, yeah, so all that to say more to come on a Nook Shook. Um, yeah, on this podcast, I'll have Brian on in a few weeks and uh, you'll see more posts from me and a Nook Shook and, and all that. So if you have any questions specific to the dog food right now, I will you know, try to answer them as best as I can. Um, so feel free to shoot me a message, all that good stuff. But um, be looking for another episode with Brian from a Nook Shook in a few weeks. So anyways, all that's all with that. Um, couple more things. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, Upland Slam or the Nebraska Slam. I completed the Nebraska Slam if you haven't seen that. Um, I was, I've been posting a bunch over on Instagram. Um, huge goal of mine. Huge, huge goal of mine to complete the uh, Nebraska Slam. Um, tried it for uh, a few years. It was not successful. Got part of the way there the year before. And this year the pieces came together and uh, so excited. I was able to do it over my own dogs on public land. Yes, public freaking land. And uh, so I was really pumped to be able to do that and just, yeah, just feel really thankful I was able to get out enough and complete this this goal of mine. Um, it goes back to early episodes that I, I talked about uh, setting goals on. I think Brooke Lanning, the Brooke Lanning episode, um, her and I talk about this all the time of, of just setting goals and like, and making a plan to meet those goals. That's like so key. And not just, I'm not just talking about bird dogs and hunting world. 
anything in your life, like set a goal and then write out a plan of like, how are you going to meet that goal? Like, what are the steps that's going to take you there uh, to complete that? And I did that with this. I, I wrote out, you know, from dates and time off I was going to use and, and who I was going to go with and what area I was going to target. Like I, I wrote down steps to try to, you know, check off in my head and on a list of saying, Hey, if I want to complete this, if I've, I've said I wanted to, well, how am I going to do it? And uh, I'm going to try new areas. I'm going to go to this spot I've wanted to for years or whatever it was. Um, so it was just, it was, that was key to this the success. Um, uh, of completing the Nebraska slam. So, um, I encourage you if you are near Nebraska, you know, live around there. I mean, they got a great, great, uh, upland opportunities, uh, for different species and it was a blast out there. It was an absolute blast. So, um, thanks for all the encouragement along the way. And just, you know, you, those of you that reached out, you're like, Hey, you know, congrats, whatever. Um, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, it was, again, just a personal goal of mine that I wanted to complete on public land with my dogs in one season and we did it. So anyways, last thing, uh, I have a special announcement at the end of this episode. So make sure you stay around, uh, end of this episode, I have something to announce. So you're not going to want to miss that. And we're going to dive into our conversation with Drew Rodman of Cutting Coveys, uh, C-U-T-T-I-N Coveys. And uh, Drew and I actually met for the first time on a hunt out in the Sandhills of Nebraska. And we kicked off the season early September. Uh, my buddy, Cade Springsteen, uh, Cade and Drew drove up from Kansas and, and we hunted the Sandhills of Nebraska. And man, we had a great time uh, chasing sharp-tailed grouse up there. Um, it was hot, it was a little bit rainy, um, but it was a great time. Um, chased birds for a few days, watched Drew get his first sharp-tail, watched Cade get his first sharp-tail, and uh, Drew had a real young dog at the time, Zeno, uh, who he still has and, and has completed his first season now. And Drew's also fairly new to upland hunting, and this was really his first full upland bird season. So we, we dive into that and get to know Drew more and what his first season was like and what it was like getting into upland hunting and his own dogs. And now he's starting his own kennel, uh, cutting cubbies, the kennel. And so it's a fun conversation with Drew. Um, fair warning, audio quality, our connection maybe wasn't the best um, over Zoom. So um, apologize for that. We'll definitely try to try to get better um, connection speeds and all that going forward like I usually do. But um, just fair warning and connection was cutting out a little bit here and there. So hopefully it's not too bad for you guys. But anyways, remember, stick around end of the episode, have a special announcement. Take care. Jump in kind of casually. Um, it's kind of, kind of how I start, but what, uh, what were you up to today? I think you were out on some horseback today. Yeah. Yeah. We went and, uh, ran some trials with, or not trials, but we went and worked dogs with a bunch of the FDSB field trial guys. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, just went and ran dogs. It's awesome watching those point. It's all, they all run pointers. So okay. it's watching those dogs just really get out there. They're all age dogs. So oh man. A quarter mile, half mile away from you. Yeah. That's good. I, I, I got to get on a horseback. That sounds so it's cool. cool. It's cool. It changes things for sure. Oh, I, I mean, you have a, and just your vantage point. Like you can see the dog oh, yeah. just covered differently. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You see them. I mean, yeah, you're up higher, so you can see them just roaming the prairie, checking the cover. Yeah. Really, the fence rows and uh, edge covers and stuff, covers edge, you know. That's cool, man. I'm sure you got corrected pretty early, but did you ever call them English pointers? Yeah, for okay. sure. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> no, these are pointers. <laughs> yeah, 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 just pointer. <laughs> just pointer. I have a, I have a buddy of mine who calls his GSP a pointer and mm. I'm like, I, so I, I'm more comfortable now just saying pointers and I'm talking about an English pointer, but, right. uh, I'm just like, that's going to confuse people even more if you start calling GSPs pointers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Cade. Um, uh, we're going to kind of jump right in or not Cade, Drew, <laughs> you, you, and, you and Kate are so tight. <laughs> We are. Yeah, we are. You guys are like fast friends this, this year. Yeah. I need to get on his, he's supposed to be helping me with all my social media shit. So oh, come on, Cade, get on it, man. Uh, we're trying to make a big old promotional video and stuff. So nice. Well, Cade, this is your call to action to help Drew out and get your butt uh, in gear. 
Yeah. So Drew, uh, put us on a map. Uh, where are you talking to us from? And uh, just give us a little overview about who you are. Um, so I'm Drew Rodman. Um, I'm originally from Wichita, Kansas, but uh, I'm now in Paola, Kansas, just south of Kansas City area. Um, I've been up here for about a year and loving every minute of it so far. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, were you, or no, you did some work in Montana, right? Or did you live in Montana at all? Um, yeah. So I worked up there, um, off and on, um, we were putting in fiber optic cable up there. So we were there for a couple of years on and off. Um, we got to jump around Nebraska quite a bit, but yeah, I spent some good time in Montana. Okay. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm really excited to, uh, to jump into your story here a little bit, um, get to know you a little bit more, talk dogs, uh, you know, get more to horseback stuff, training, all that stuff. Um, this could be long, just warning you, <laughs> but, um, first off, how's, uh, how's Zeno doing? Uh, I know he had, uh, he had a little injury happen, uh, well, a couple, no, about a month ago now, right? Talk about that a little bit. Uh, it was actually only, it was three weeks ago, I believe. Um, yeah, we were out hunting in a field, an old farmstead, and we heard a dog yelp in the field and we, Zeno came limping over to us and, uh, he was just covered in blood. Um, he actually got impaled by a stick is what the vet said he found in there. Um, ended up cutting an artery clear open and he had to stitch that artery back together, then just stapled up. It was, it looked rough. It definitely scared you, put the hair up on your neck and something that I was glad we were prepared for and were able to get the bleeding stop wrapping it up in the field. Dude, that, that looked nasty. And I bet, cause I was one of them. I bet every Upland hunter that follows you and saw that was checking their first aid kit. Yep, <laughs> make sure you have it. Dude. So, so they actually found a stick in there. I didn't know that. Yeah, they found, it was like uh like a little quarter inch of a little twig. It snapped right off into it. Dang, man. Yeah. That looked, that looks pretty that looked gnarly. Yeah. It was definitely gross and it definitely scared us pretty good. So. Oh, I, oh, dude, I'd be freaking out. What, um, like, so, so what did you do? I mean, first off, um, how, how did you like, what were you feeling at the time? And what'd uh, you guys, what'd you do in the moment? I was in shock, but like, I don't know. We were, we kept our heads on pretty straight. We we're like, okay, it's cut. We grabbed the first aid kit pretty quickly and we just held Zeno down, wrapped him up real tight, just packed it full of gauze. And then, uh, yeah, just tightened it up real tight, that gauze wrap, that shrink wrap or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, luckily we were only about 15 minutes from a vet. So oh, that's nice. We got into the vet real quick and they pretty much took it from there. Um, that's, that's awesome. I thought about, Stapling it myself, but I didn't think I was quite ready for that yet. Uh, Two, 2.0. I, glad I didn't. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I, I carry a stapler. I know a lot of people do, um, but that's, I mean, it's a good point you make because I'm sure, I'm sure people are, I'd be tempted to, but also right. I'd, I'd be tempted to say, oh, am I going to screw it up more? Is it going to waste more time? Right. I definitely, whenever we were in there, I definitely talked to the vet and kind of showed, have him show me how he did it and what to look for, what not to do. Mm. I just made sure to ask the right questions in case I was in that situation again. That's, that's smart. Did, did he, in that scenario, did he say like, if that exact injury were to happen, did he say it was a, like you could have stapled it and it would have been fine he or no? Stapled it. He said it wouldn't have been a big deal. But he just wanted to make sure it was clean. And I'm glad we didn't because we did find a little stick in there, you know. So yeah. you just want to make sure you have everything out, I guess, before yeah. you do that and get whatever. But uh, he said what we did was perfect. He said just we stopped, slowed the bleeding, got it wrapped up real tight, couldn't move. And, yeah, he said we did a good job with what we did. So. Was, uh, was Zeno, was he acting like, was, was he going into shock at all? Or was he, was Not he really. fine? He looked at me like dad, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just, he sat right next to me and just put his head on the lap and we drove to the vet. Dang man. That's, yeah, that's scary for sure. That, that did not look yeah. fun. Yeah. And I quickly learned that dogs staples within two days, he had them all ripped out and, <laughs> Do just fine. Just normal Zeno things. Like nothing ever happened. Oh, dude, that's crazy. 
Um, I haven't seen Zeno probably since September because I think was, that was when we hunted the Sandhills together. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he must be he must be a big boy now. He's actually he's smaller than what I thought he would be. Really? Yeah, he's he's right around like the 35, 36 pound range. Oh with, no way! Yeah, I I'm hoping that, that's, that's a great. I mean, that's a good size still. I mean, that's it's well on the smaller side, but him and like love the size he is, but. I don't know. I'm hoping to maybe get a little bit of weight on him this summer. And, um, he ran a lot this year. So, oh, definitely. He, um, yeah. So I don't know. We're going to try to get some weight on him a little bit, but he's definitely a great size for what I like. So, Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. How's your, how's your other dog doing? I don't think I met uh, the older one you had. Abby, she, uh, um, she lives with an ex-girlfriend. Oh, but okay. Okay. Yeah. She, she, she moved on. <laughs> She moved on. Okay. She's the best dog I'll ever have. She's still my favorite dog, but uh, yeah, she's ended up with her. So okay, gotcha. That's uh, uh, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Well, since we're kind of on Zeno a little bit, let's just chat about him a little bit. How I mean, how's he? How was his first season? I mean, he jumped into, you know, kicked off things in the Sandhills in September, and how did he progress kind of throughout this year? Um, so he did, he, he did great. I mean, at we, when we were in the Sandhills, he was three and a half months old, you know, and a little, he was little, he was little. I had done a little bit of gunfire introduction. I would not really recommend starting a dog that young, but at the same time, man, they're bird dogs sure. so that if he came to me and he didn't want to do it, I would have let him stop. It wouldn't have been no deal, but with him kept wanting to go, kept wanting to go. Then I was just going to feed that for him. I was just going to let him do what he does best. And, um, yeah, he, he did really good this season. He, uh, I ended up guiding, um, at a little rant local preserve and he ended up being my best dog that I guided with. That's awesome. Um, was my top bird finder was retrieving naturally honored other dogs, just, he picked it up quick and he did it well. That's so cool. That's so cool. Cause yeah. When he was, um, when he was out in the sandhills with us, cause he was little, he's only three, three and a half months or so. I was just impressed with, uh, how he was, he was going with you. Like he would, you, we'd be walking and he would just kind of, you know, hang out in front of you and do his thing. And, right. you know, he wasn't out there 50, hundred yards, but he for three and a half months, like that was perfect for him. Just getting right. some experience and experience going with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You can't expose a dog. Like nothing beats wild bird hunting with a young dog. Like just giving them that exposure, letting them figure out new environments, all of that. It's it's so beneficial to him, I think. Absolutely. You said his he's got a natural retrieve right now as well. Yeah. I mean, he he brings it within about five foot of me, which you know, for a puppy, I can't expect too much more. Uh, he did. He does bring some of them to hand every once in a while. He gets to eat a little extra those days. But, uh, yeah, for the most part, he brings it in about five foot of me. And that's without force fetch or anything like that. I'm happy with that. Absolutely. That's perfect. I mean, you were, it looked like you were hitting, hitting hunting pretty hard this year, whether it was, you know, guiding or you were getting after the, Kansas birds pretty, uh, pretty good. It looked like, I know you had a, a trip to Arizona as well. Yeah, no, I, I was able to do quite a bit of hunting. I, I ended up tallying it out to 123 days. Oh, well done. Yeah. My goal was 60 at the beginning of the season and I got about a quarter of the way through and I said, screw it. We're going for a hundred and then it was 110 and then 120 and I'm kind of mad at myself. I didn't hit 103rd. <laughs> well done, man. I am I am thoroughly jealous. Yeah, it, it's definitely a season I'll always remember and something that I'm going to be chasing to do again every other year. Absolutely, I bet that's, that's going to be a hard one to top. I bet not. It's maybe not, be just, a, maybe not uh, in the for, amount of days. Maybe you'll get out there more, but just just in the memories, I'm sure that you made. Maybe in the next years, I can knock a couple more birds down. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Um, so let's back up a little bit. Um, let's talk a little bit about like, how did this all start as far as, you know, you getting into upland hunting dogs. I know you're starting your own kennel. Like let's back way up. You know, what got you started into upland hunting? 
Um, so I always grew up with short hairs. Um, we've always had them as like family pets, but we never really hunted. And so after college, I ended up getting my own short hair and she was just my pet. You know, we went, we did everything together and I was up in Montana working and this old farmer drove by because he sees a short hair riding on a backhoe driving down the middle of the country road. And he's like, Hey, do you ever hunt that dog? And I was like, Oh, I mean, she points birds every now and again, but no. And he ended up taking me out a couple of times and I just fell in love with it. I got to watch my older dog, Abby point a, a sharp tail and a couple of Hungarian partridge for the first time. And I was hooked. I, um, yeah, from there it was just all or nothing. Bird dogs is what I want to do. So it was, so it was fast and furious for you. Just this, this old farmer driving by and said, Hey, Hey, <laughs> yeah, literally is that guy. He did. He changed my world just by saying, Hey, have, do you know what these dogs can actually do? <laughs> and once I learned what they actually can do, like I knew they were hunting dogs. I knew they did all of that, but like what they're really capable of, I have no idea. Yeah. And it's just something that blew me away and I want every part of it now. I, I don't know if this is true for you as well. It, it is for me thinking back in you know, my childhood and growing up, you know, I would view a hunting dog as, as, Oh, that's cool. They can train a dog to do that or train a dog to hunt or point birds. But once you really kind of realize like that turning point of, Oh, so much of this is ingrained in them. It's, it's in their DNA. That's where that like light bulb was like, Oh my gosh, that's yeah. the cool. That's the cool part for me. Yeah, no, it's literally how does a dog know to just go point to bird? How does it smell? How does it? Yeah. The capabilities of them and what they're just naturally born and able to do just blows me away every day. Yeah. Did, did you grow up hunting at all? Like big game, other small game? Yeah. My family, we have a, we have a ranch and we always hunted deer and we'd do the occasional Turkey and it was something we'd take off school on the opening weekend or whatever throughout the first of opening week. And we'd do that. And, but it was always just too easy. You know, we didn't ever have no spot in stock. We had feeders and a deer stands and, I just always thought it was too easy. So I never really got drawn into the big game kind of stuff. And I, I, I know now that it can, can be very different and it's very different out on public land and stuff like that. Sure. But it was just growing up deer hunting was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come on, give me a, give me a challenge. Something I can move <laughs> and, and walk. Yeah. Um, so this was this past season, was this your true, like first upland season with your dogs or, or hunting in general for upland birds? Um, so I would last season, I went out probably seven to 10 times. Okay. Um, got a couple birds last season, but yeah, this season I went into it knowing that this would be my first real season and I wanted to make it count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because yeah, you went balls to the wall like you yeah. you got the dogs man you put in the work you put in the miles like it was it was fun watching the journey uh you know from afar over, over social media and, and chat with yeah. you yeah well I'm, I'm gonna be getting some more dogs so it'll there's gonna be more to come oh absolutely and you got some more dogs too you got so you got some of those setter pups yeah yeah i do that's awesome, man. Um, well, let's, as we kind of wrap up this, this part on your, on your season, what uh, I want to ask you, like, what was, what was like the hardest thing going into this season? Like 120 days you hunted, you hunted a lot. You had your own dogs. I mean, you were doing a lot of this work yourself, hunting with new friends, all that stuff. Like what was the hardest part just of this past year for you as a new upland hunter? Um, Really, I, I can't say it was finding the spots to go because Onyx makes that so easy. But um, honestly, it's just having, well, really the funds to go do it because all of that stuff is expensive. But uh, just you just got to do it, really, is what I told myself. Like, there's a thousand excuses why I can't go this weekend. A thousand excuses why I shouldn't go. But really, I just went and did it. Um, uh, yeah, that's good. So, yeah. So just, just get it, like, put the excuses, except 
put the excuses aside and just get out put there. Put the excuses aside, just get out there, go. And if you can make a friend and invite them, go with you, then even better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you're thinking about, you know, maybe not just this past season, but, you know, even the season prior, like being a new hunter in the upland space, like, was there any like hurdles you had to overcome or anything that's like, that was a, a roadblock that you kind of had to power through or navigate? Like, was there anything like difficult about the experience, like getting into upland hunting for you? Um, really not, not really. It's just going and walking within a field with your dog and follow your dog, man. Trust your dog. All of your dog, just put them in a, in a spot that you think might look good. I guess learning habitat for different species of birds was kind of cool learning this year. Yeah. Um, I really focused on kind of where I found the birds. So I, um, yeah, I guess just learn where you think birds might be. And yeah, I feel like that's an, that's an endless thing. I, I'm still picking up like, the habitat side of things. Like I started to figure some things out even more this year. And like, I feel that, you know, there's, there's some guys that can like quote kinds of bushes and gra- grass. And I'm like, to a certain degree yeah. I can, but then there's like another level of like, Oh, there's that's, another- that's a <laughs> whatever. I, I went out with a couple of guys that they named every type of grass, every tree, every seed, every crop. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't, maybe I'll get there someday, but I'm not yeah. there. Yeah, I'm not there. Um, oh, I was going to ask you one more thing on that, but totally slipped my mind. So we're going to, we're going to keep moving on. Um, well, very cool, man. It looks like you had a, a great season and I think that was super fun. Just as much as you were able to hunt and get out there uh, with your dogs and just figure it out. Like that's, that's half the fun of it too, is just figuring it out yourself and right. Right. Just getting out there. <laughs> that I have made some good friends and my friends have been doing it a little bit longer than I have. So they, they had some areas, they knew some areas, new habitat. And so really just meeting the people that have helped me along the way as well. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the, the things we'll get into here in a little bit is kind of like that mentor side, especially like dog training. It looks like you're hanging around with some, some of the older guys that are, you know, helping along with like the, kind of the training route, like I, I mean, even from personal experience, having that mentor, having someone and friends who have just done it a little longer is, I mean, as you probably know, so key. Yeah. Yeah. So key. So beneficial. Yeah. It's like those, those are the ones you want to have on your favorites list of your phone. Cause <laughs> you're going to be out there and be like, okay, I, I, I have this question or, you know, yeah, you're, you're going to need them. Um, so let's talk about your dogs a little bit, man. I know you got Zeno. He's a short hair. Um, you know, you're going, you know, you, you deviated a little bit. You went, you went the setter route, man. Talk about that a little bit. I did. Um, so I do just want to clarify that I am a short hair guy. (laughs) Are you sure? You sure about that? More setters than short hairs right now. Um, but yeah, no, I ended up, I found these two little English setters um, on the internet. And I, I kind of always knew I wanted one. I love that flag of a tail, but I just, I fell in love with, I, I saw him and I was like, okay, this is cool. And I originally only went to go get one, uh-huh, but uh-huh. kind of started talking to the guy and I kind of told him what I was doing with guiding a little bit and how much I was hunting. And he's like, well, I think you should just take both and i was like okay, okay bonnie and clyde bonnie and clyde it is. i'll take them both um so yeah i ended up getting the two setters um they're doing they're four and a half months old now oh so they're young okay they're young they're real young um yeah my whole kennel they're all young around here <laughs> <They're> <laughs> That's all right. young. but we'll get there we'll get there but yeah i got them and i've loved having them um the little female, she is just, I've never seen a dog so bird crazy. She shakes and trembles and she's just, I can't keep her contained really. She escapes the backyard, goes and trying to find those quail. That's awesome, man. What, so what was it about the setter that said, you know, even that you were thinking about one, like what was like, Hey, I want the setter. Like, do you just want to shake things up? Like, was it the tail? Like what was there anything in particular? I've only ever really worked with short hairs. So I kind of had the off season goal of, okay, I want to work with more dogs. I want to grow my knowledge. I want to do that. So I was like, okay, I kind of want to set her. 
let's find a setter. And it was more of the goal of working with different breeds of dogs and trying to understand the dogs more. That's awesome. I mean, better, I mean, more experience. Yeah. You can have with other breeds and temperaments. Exactly. That's only going to help every, every single one of them. It, the short hair and the setter completely different, but even the setters from each other, like I'm really realizing every dog really is their own dog and they all have completely different personalities, different temperaments, different ways to even I handle them because of how they react to things. Wow. Are, uh, and are the setters brother and sister? Yes, they are. Okay. That's cool, man. That's cool. Have you, uh, so, so what have you done with the setters so far? Uh, you know, so what, four months, like what kind of, to, you know, from when you picked them up, what have you kind of been doing with them? Um, well, from, I just kind of exposed them to fields real early, different kinds of grasses, different running in different environments. Um, that's really what I did a lot of, but then I started getting pigeons out around them, started just getting them to love birds. Um, I do a lot of like the positive pigeon drill, just getting them stopped, realizing that birds mean stop. Um, I've done a lot of that and I fired the blank pistol around them a couple of times, made sure they weren't gun shy. And then it's always a relief. Act- it's always a relief, isn't it? When you, when you fire the first blank and they act fine. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, I didn't even know that was there. Didn't, I just want to find more bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's been awesome having them and um, their training. They, I've done some place training with them as well, just because I want an obedient dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught them to sit and apparently that's a big no, no for setters. <laughs> I crap for that for my mentor. He's like, oh, yeah, sure. don't teach that or don't teach a bird dog to sit. Apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. I've, I've been, I've been told, <laughs> Yeah, but it's all good. It's, you know, it's your dog. Every- Everybody's got their own dog, you know? Exactly. Everybody. And it, and these dogs, you, you own them and you get to do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. How, uh, did you take them to Arizona with you? I did not. I did not take the pups. I figured that I still hadn't done my gun intro for them. Oh, okay. Um, hadn't done that, but I did end up taking them out on the closing weekend of Kansas and got to watch them point their first covey of quail. And- oh, heck yeah. That that's what got me excited for him was two setters standing side by side, both of them just head high, tail high, just looked beautiful. Oh, what a way to wrap up the season right there. Yeah. And we ended up actually taking three birds for him too. So yeah. Yeah. Can't get back. (laughs) That's incredible. That's incredible. Where'd you, uh, where'd you pick your setters up from? Just some local breeder or? It was just a local guy. Um, uh, they act, they come out of the, I don't know if you know the setter lines very much, but the Tacoya mountain sunrise. Oh, I've, I've, I mean, I've heard it name tossed around, but yeah, they're, I don't know. They're big chucker dogs and out West big running dogs. So okay. that's, that's also kind of what I was going for was a big running setter, big running dog just out in front. So, yeah. What, uh, you know, now that Zeno's a little older, like, has he kind of found his gear of uh, where's he running for you? Uh, so I don't, I would say he's within a hundred yards. Um, I would say between that 50 and a hundred, depending on his cover, but he checks things real thoroughly. Mm-hmm. I feel like, um, like he's not going to be the furthest dog out there. He's not going to do things, but if he covers an area, I trust that he mm-hmm at it and got everything in the area he's covering that's good i mean he's he's being he's being meticulous and yeah that's good man so how do you get connected with uh with these mentors of yours i just you know just be outgoing just mess <laughs> you know <laughs> i just, i'm too persistent not to meet people i guess because i just i bug them if i want if i want them or if i want to see their dogs or yeah. i'm just like hey you want to work dogs sometime. You want to do this. You want to do that. And once I get to meet them, then it's kind of, I don't know. We develop, a, we all have a common interest, bird dogs. And I'm learning things. I kind of explain that I'm wanting to learn as much as I can. I'm wanting to do everything. And I've just been lucky that the guys that I have found um, 
really did just take me under their wing and are doing and helping me out so much. That's, that's huge, man. I want to definitely spend some time on that. Cause I think it's uh, what you said. There's really key. Cause a lot of people I'll talk to, um, they always kind of ask like, Hey, how do I find that mentor? How do I get connected? And, you know, I, I do realize there can be just a gap there. And some people, you know, people don't want to either mentor people or show people or teach them. Right. Um, but I think the kind of the approach you took was like kind of being persistent and like, whether yeah. it's kindly bugging or, you know, <laughs> showing up and just be like, Hey, can I, you know, everyone wants to show off their dog. So, you know, right. that persistence I think pays off. And I think that can, uh, that can be a lesson. I think for a lot of people out there who are looking or wanting, you know, yeah. someone to kind of teach them. Right. Yeah. I will say taking a bat of bag of bird feed or taking blank rounds to somebody that you want to show that goes a long ways for those people. It shows that you want, you're not just there taking their time. They, you want to learn, you want to help out how you can provide what you can, you know? Absolutely. It it goes a long way. I mean, it's just kindness and, you know, being thoughtful and it's going to stand out to, uh, to those people. So that's, that's good, man. Good for you of, you know, being persistent, being kind and, you know, just being there to learn. Just being there to learn. Yeah. That's huge. What, um, so are these guys, are they into some of the, the trials and the kind of horseback AKC stuff or what are they kind of working on? Yeah. So they, they are FDSB, which is field dog stud book trials. Okay. They're all back. So 98.5% of the guys that I've met, uh, they're all pointers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in their big ranging, all age quarter mile, half mile down the road pointers, you know, yeah. like it's something crazy to watch. Um, but yeah, they're, they actually, they don't kill birds. They say we don't have enough birds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're they they're said, just, just firing the blanks and they're firing the blanks. They said, no, don't go kill those birds. We need those. So <laughs> I get a lot of grief for that, but oh, sure, sure. Um, yeah, they, they do the FDSB stuff and a lot back and yeah. That's cool. Are, uh, are, is that something you are going to want to get into or like, are you kind of looking at different trials that you want to do or what are you thinking? I'm going to be going somewhere completely different <laughs> that I think, um, well, one, I don't have the dogs to run like that, run like that. Um, but no, I'm mainly going to be focusing on like the AKC, uh, hunt test. Um, I want to put a master hunter on dogs and I want to have that, but also the, the NASTRA trials I want to get into a little bit and I want Zeno to get a little older, my other dogs to get a little older, and then we'll see where we can go from there with the NASTRA stuff. And, yeah. but for now, yeah, I'll probably focus on the AKC and, uh, with Zeno, the NAVDA testing system. Oh, NAVDA as well. Yeah. Nice. He comes from, NAVDA lines. So okay. I figured I got to do my due diligence and test it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You got, you got lots of good options out there for sure. That's a cool thing is I, I've been talking to a bunch of different people on here about different types of trials and Nastra and AKC stuff and all that. And uh, there's, there's a lot of good options. I, I feel there's options out there for whatever, you know, we're into or what kind of dog you have. And right. uh, it's all, it's all fun, man. It's all really fun. Great. But it is crazy how many different there are. That's and- true. Like each dog can really specify, like one dog can be great in one, but not do a dang thing in the other, you know, yeah. it's just a game for your dog and what your dog excels in. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's almost, it's good. There's options, but there's almost like too many options too. Cause it's, <laughs> it's like, cause again, with training, like you need to kind of really hone in on, again, I know dogs can do multiple events and all that, but right. I don't think it's, it's really hard to bounce back and forth. Like within a month going to a national trial, then a NAFTA, then an AKC, like that's not going to work. So right. like, you know, you really got to focus the time and on one, one event for a while. And it's, you know, it's, it can be, you, you got to pick your poison, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's awesome, man. Uh, do you do much duck hunting at all or is it just strictly upland right now? Um, so I did go on a couple hunts. I, I try to go on a couple up, waterfowl hunts every year um my brother is a big waterfowl guy and likes duck hunting and goose hunting so i promised him i'd have a short hair better than any lab he'd ever have (laughs) that's that's kind of why i do it just to talk crap with my brother (laughs) 
I, now I need to get the dog to do it though. I was going to so, say, you better, you better make good on that promise. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> oh man. Um, let's talk about Arizona a little bit. What'd you, what'd you learn in Arizona? That was a, that was a big endeavor for you. I know you went down there uh, with Jeremy. What, yeah, uh, what, what'd you learn? Um, really just the different habitats that each species of quails and really, um, it changes so much. I mean, granted the gambles and the scalier and some of what of the same area, but, um, yeah, just the different habitats that each quail are in and what kind it'll look for with all of that. But it was really more just the experience of going down there and getting to do that stuff for the first time. You know, you can only get there at finding birds. If you go look for them a couple of times, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta walk, you gotta, you gotta, you know, on X only shows you so much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It doesn't potholes that I seem to fall into all the time. Oh. <laughs> Badger hole. Oh, is there, I was going to say, is there a good story with this? Uh, no. Well, I you know, think in tearing ACLs a couple of times, but no. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, was uh was the cactus as bad as they say it is? So it, it was bad, yes. It definitely tore the dogs up. The dog's feet really struggled. Um but really I hunted the national or the Cimarron National Grassland uh-huh. in Kansas and I thought that was much worse. Zeno really? Yeah, Zeno didn't really want to walk through it, didn't really care to be hunting because he was worried about his feet the whole time. Oh wow Everything sticking to him and then down there it wasn't nearly as bad Um, really wow it it didn't seem like the cactus down there really stuck to him yes whereas in the cimarron it really everything grabbed him oh geez thanks someone else was telling me that yeah by the cimarron the cimarron was just just really really bad super rough super rough on a dog I, i honestly i don't know if I'll probably do it again if someone asks, but I don't, it's not a sought out destination. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Is that the only place you can find scalies in Kansas? Uh, that part of the corner. Yes. Okay. Uh, they say there's some up a little bit North of there, but um, yeah, for the most part, that would be your best bet. Okay. Okay. It was on my list to get down to uh, Southeast Colorado this year to chase uh, scalies here. Um, and it's like really close to the Cimarron. I was like, oh, maybe I'll duck over there too. But uh, just, it didn't happen, but uh, definitely want to get down there. Scalies. What's that? I didn't realize they had scalies in Colorado. We, yeah, we do. We do. Uh, again, I say this and I, I take some crap for it, but Colorado ha- has a lot of species, but I just mm-hmm. don't think we have a lot of each species. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there's, I, there's like, I think nine or 10 upland bird species here. It's, I mean, sage grouse, wow. sharp tail. Wow. Pheasant, Bob White, Scalies, uh, yeah, a couple other ones I'm missing, but, um, but yeah, so we got them, but <laughs> just get a walk extra, extra far. <laughs> exactly. My uh, vet does really good actually, uh, down in, I, yeah, in Colorado, Southeast. And, uh, I got to try to get out there with him maybe one day to show me, show me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, cool. Uh, anywhere else you hunted this year? Did you, did you get to Nebraska at all or any other States? Yeah. So I, I hunted, started off in the sand Hills in Nebraska. Um, did that with you and Cade. Um, that was a great time as well. First Sharpie got yeah. that. And then I ended up going up to the Northwoods to try out some grouse and woodcock hunting. Oh, you got up to the Northwoods, man. Nice. Yeah. That was, that was fun. That was cool. And at that point, Zeno was, he had just turned four months and he had probably 150 bird contacts. Cause we timed that migration, right? No way. Two days. He had probably 150 bird contacts and he, he really figured out the woodcock. Wow. So that was really cool to watch and really good for him. Um, but yeah, I hunted Nebraska, Wisconsin, Kansas and Arizona. So man, that's, that's a hell of a, hell of a uh, time. <laughs> that's for sure. I, I wish I put duck Montana in there. I didn't go because of the drought stuff and all of oh, that. Yeah. The drought. And then, saw, and then I saw everybody go up there and hammer. And I was like, dang it. I knew it. I knew 
<laughs> yeah, it was awful, man. The drought was terrible. I mean, basically no birds up there. So it was pretty bad. Yeah. It looked like it in your post. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just terrible. No one should ever go. Oh man. Um, dude, talk to me about, uh, cutting coveys, the kennel. What, uh, what are you doing there and, and how did this come about? Um, so I'm, I'm nervous for it. I'm definitely excited for it. You always but, should be, uh, you always should be with something new. You should always be nervous. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. But really it's just, it's other people motivating. Well, I wouldn't say motivating me, but just encouraging me to, Hey man, like you could really do this. You have the spot. Um, again, my mentor has really, really helped me out and has, he's lending me his training grounds. He's lending me things and really pushing me to start this and really try to become one of my own and really figure out this bird dog stuff. So it's more people kind of giving me the confidence to do it. Hmm. My want to do it, I guess is what I would say. Uh, Everyone always says to go and find or go work and do what you love. This is what I love. So I want to try to make the bird dog thing come true. Dude, yeah. that's, that's awesome. That is, if I, I mean, following something you, you want to do and you love to do and doesn't get exactly. much better than that. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's just more of, I, I love doing this. I love waking up. I love seeing the dogs. Um, so if I can make that something that I could do every day, yeah. then I'm young enough right now to where let's give it a shot. <laughs> it's like, like, why not? Right. Why not? I can why go not? back go back to another everyone's hiring i can go get another job tomorrow yeah <laughs> totally. <laughs> like let's give it a shot you know worst worst thing that happens is i spent a bunch of time with dogs i mean exactly <laughs> did you uh are you still working at your other job or are you did you like are you full on in the kennel right now uh right now i'm uh working somewhere else but um i'm planning on starting up and early april april 1st is the target nice. date um, and once that happens and yeah, I'm full-time bird dog, I'm, I'm all in. That's great, man. That's great. So it sounds like you got a little, little piece of property that works well for this. Yeah. Yeah. We've got, um, yeah, about 20 acres to work, uh, live on. And then we've got, yeah, close to about 3000 to train on. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's uh, perfect. And, and where in Kansas you say, is this East Eastern Kansas? It's uh, just south of Kansas City. Um, so south Kansas City, Paola, Kansas. Okay. Right on. Is this, uh, is this too soon to talk about your Chiefs or? Yeah. That was, yeah, that was a disappointing game. <laughs> but we'll be back. We'll be I mean, back. I mean, hey, I was just watching the Pro Bowl before this, and uh, Mahomes had a great throw. So, I mean, he's, he's doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. He throws the ball another the other team's hand quite a bit, but <laughs> sorry, too soon, man. Too soon. I had to, I had to throw it in there. <laughs> um, You're, yeah. We'll say again. Are you a Broncos fan? Yes. Oh, yes. well then we, yeah, you don't have to worry yeah. about that. Girl. <laughs> oh no, no, we, we won't, <laughs> we won't be competitive for a long time. Don't worry. Even if we get Rogers, there's, there's talk of him coming to Denver I, and I'm like, I don't know. I would I would like to see that. It'd be cool for sure. I just, I just don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. I have, right. I have, I have doubts until I see a contract written up. Right. So my, my son would be very happy though. My son's a huge uh, Rogers fan. So he'd be cool. boun- bouncing off the walls. Yeah. Be awesome. <laughs> um, all right. Back on topic to the, uh, the kennel. Um, what, uh, so like starting this new endeavor, you know, you're following your passion with starting this, this kennel up what's been like the hardest thing, like getting this thing off the ground right now? Like, you know, anything that like kind of the question I asked you earlier, like anything that's been difficult, like starting a kennel, like talk to people out there, like just what's your experience been? Um, again, it's, you know, having the kennel space, having the equipment, the proper equipment, um, all the training gear that you need. And it's really the little things that you don't even think about, you know, I've learned that, um, yeah, we've got kennels here. We've got all that, but now we need insulated dog houses. Now we need, 
um, this and that. And it's just little things come into factor that you have to play and you have to think of those things before you can really do something like that. Uh, really also just the knowledge of having it, like being able to, you also have to be able to run the books and stuff like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's the part I'm kind of struggling with here is, uh, I love the dogs, but the books inside of that stuff is, um, but then also you've got to figure out what training you want to do, what kind of method you want to use with your dogs. And, um, that's kind of something I've been spending a lot of time on is figuring out, okay, what method do I want to use or how do I want to go about training these dogs? And so it's just, style, I would say, yeah, that's not, that's a lot for sure. Um, what, uh, what, what kind of, where are you at in the process right now of method? Like, are you, are you still, is it still kind of up in the air? Are you kind of leaning one way or the other? Um, I've, I've read a couple of the Delmar Smith books and I love a couple of things out of there. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, um, the standing stone stuff. I, I, I've taken a couple of things from that. Um, but really it's just kind of, I, I feel like there's a thousand ways to train a dog. It's just which way works best for you and which way works best for that dog in specific. So it's kind of, it's nice to have a, a couple different tricks and knowledge on which, like how to kind of do that. But I would say that I, I have followed a lot of like the, the Smiths and uh, Ronnie Smiths and Delmar stuff like that. So. Nice man. That's, that's good stuff. I mean, you hit it on the head. There are, there's a million ways <laughs> to train a dog. Yeah. Um, he's got, yeah. Like you said, find what works for the dog, what works for you. And yeah, sounds like, you know, you're still in that learning phase. You're still like going to figure out and you're soaking everything up and saying, Hey, I like this part from standing stone. I like this part from the Smiths and right. you're going to put a killer program together. So it's going to be great. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. <laughs> don't worry if you, as long as you're great with dogs man people don't care how you run the books <laughs> i don't think <laughs> i know as long as hunts and is well behaved and everything yeah i mean, I mean just sure. ask it just ask everyone to pay cash and just, <laughs> just keep it easy yeah easy. oh man uh well cool man um so kind of as as we kind of wrap up here um i like to ask everyone kind of you know what advice would you uh, would you give someone who's you know new to upland hunting, new to bird dogs, uh, just getting started? Like you know, you're relatively new yourself. Um, what what's some advice you'd give give the person out there that's just getting into bird dogs and upland hunting? Uh, I would find somebody to help. Go find a mentor because the knowledge that people already if you if you want to learn how to do something go find somebody that's already doing that thing um they have so much knowledge already and even if they don't have a lot of knowledge and it's just somebody to go out and do it with it, it keeps you accountable it keeps each other accountable to hey we want to go work this dog or i want my dog to be better um finding somebody is really helped me and changed my, like I view my mentor as a dad or a grandfather now, you know, like yeah. it's the connections you make with somebody that also has the same passions with you. Um, it's, it's amazing and it really will change and help you in so much. Hmm. That's incredible. Um, I, yeah. The one piece you said, I totally agree with. It's even like just the accountability to get out there, <laughs> like to, someone right. to go honey with or, you know, cause there's days, you know, I'll have a solo hunt plan and I don't feel like it's not bad. I'm like, ah, like, you know, right. it's just me, you know, it's just, it's great still, but having that person, you know, like, Hey, my buddy, Zach, he's waiting for me at the Nebraska state line and we're going to go. And it, right. it, push, it pushes you more. It does. It does. Having somebody hold you accountable and hold them accountable will make it a whole lot of difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Um, we're going to jump into kind of our last section here, rapid fire round and, uh, just a couple quick, uh, questions for you and just give me your off the cuff answer. And, uh, if you want to expand on any of them, you've more than welcome to, but we'll kind of wrap up. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, what gun are you carrying out in the field this season and why? Uh, it's an American tactile, American tactical 12 gauge. Okay. Um, uh, carry it because it was the $400 gun 
at Academy Sports, and it was the lightest. Heck for yeah. It's, it's actually a super light gun. Like, it's, it's next to nothing. It's a lot lighter than the CZs and the Brownings and everything else I've held this year. So it was a great gun for me. That's awesome. Is it a uh, semi-auto or a pump? It's over and under. Oh, over and under. Okay, nice. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, favorite dog breed besides the one you own? So, so no setters and no, no. Short, short hairs. <laughs> um, I would say probably the English or the red setter, the Irish setter. Oh, okay. I, I see those on Instagram all the time and I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. That looks good. Do, so, you, you are the first one to ever on this podcast in 35 yeah. episodes to say uh, a red setter. Huh? Well, I, there's something about them. that looks good. And no, I agree. I, I don't even know if I follow any red setter accounts. I might need to. Well, yeah, they look good. So I'd yeah. find a couple. Absolutely, man. That's cool. That's cool. Um, all right. Favorite bird to hunt and why? Uh, it's gotta be Hungarian partridge. And that's just because my older dog is she, that was what she first pointed. And that's what got me going. I haven't had the shot. I I've never shot one. I've just seen them pointed. So. <laughs> but, that's awesome. It, it burned in your memory. So good. It. <laughs> Like in yeah, I'm like I said, I've hunted a lot of birds this year, and for for some reason the one I haven't got was the one that really just dude. Blows that's me. awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's your favorite bird, and you haven't shot one. That's the best. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be hell this year. Absolutely, absolutely. Just just don't bring any of your friends to Montana or North Dakota, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> except me and Cade. Right. <laughs> Right, we can uh, do that. Yeah, okay, that'll be cool. Uh, we'll talk to Jeremy up there. We'll we'll figure something out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've got a three week Montana bird camp planned. So yes, yes, let's uh, let's let's talk and let's coordinate something. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, a couple more here. Uh, <laughs> how, God, this, this is honesty time, Drew. Or uh, okay. how many how many birds how many birds did you miss this year? Uh I would say around 70 to a hundred. Oh, that was higher than I thought. Yeah. No, I missed a lot of birds. That's, Dude. Th- this off season is a shooting range kind of. Just get the ammo. Just start grabbing all the ammo. I, every single time I find some, I buy it because I need the prep. Oh, dude. <laughs> I, I appreciate the honesty. First off. That's. I, I'm not even kidding on my Kansas tour that I did with my brother. I, i started off great. You know, we get up, Covey gets up, pull a single, walk a hundred yards, pull a double out of the next Covey. Oh, so you're feeling good. I, I did. I was feeling great. I thought I was on it. Go the next three days without hitting a single bird. <laughs> and we had, <laughs> so yeah, it was rough. Zeno looked, Zeno looked at me like he was ready to trade me in. It's like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> what, yeah. is, what is this? Yeah. That's what happens, man. I, whenever I get in a, a shooting slump, it always comes after I think I'm doing awesome. It always, yeah. I'm like knocking everything down. I'm like, this is awesome. And then I go like, you know, however, how long without hitting anything. As many as I did. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is more than I thought. I was thinking like, I don't know. 2025 something like that <laughs> yeah no uh, yeah you know i miss a lot that's good man that's good it's it's all it's all for the dogs right it's all about the point point of the birds the, yeah you, you know you want to save birds conservation save birds wanna... for the future. yeah yeah exactly i mean you're just doing your part so i get it <laughs> um all right last one beverage of choice after a hunt uh I'm a big craft beer guy and I enjoy a nice sour afterwards. Oh no, sorry. Can't go sours. <laughs> you had me on craft beer, but yeah, I, I like the sours. I like the IPAs. Um, but really if I can find a six pack of some craft beer, then that's probably what I'm drinking at the end of a hunt. That's the way to go. Does, uh, does Kansas have some good, good breweries? Yeah, you, at least? 
up around the KC area, there's quite a few really good ones. Um, okay. KC Beer Company is a great one. That's that's they've got a really good sour that I like. So oh, nice. Okay, I've, I've I've only tried one sour. I bought a six pack of sour like two summers ago. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is cool. I'll try something new. Never again, man. <laughs> Never. I was like, oh, what is this? Yeah, I, I remember give you that one up in the stand hills but i don't think i think you tried it and didn't like that one either so. was it like the pur- was that purple one it was like purple yeah yeah, yeah. You know, i don't know if i i, <laughs> I might drink <laughs> half of that and then um i <clears throat> might have dumped it out but <laughs> yeah oh man all right drew um if, if people have questions if they want to re- like reach out just talk dogs training the kennel like how can they get in touch with you uh, Instagram is probably the best way. Um, cutting cubbies on Instagram, or I did just create a Facebook page. Uh, it's a group for now. So, um, that'll also just be cutting cubbies kennel. Um, or you can, um, I would, yeah, I'd say reach out to me on there. Cool. 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 You were about to give your phone number, weren't you? <laughs> I remember some of that in the past there. And I was like, well, who remembers the phone number from the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had so, someone, uh, I think last episode, uh, Josh Ryder gave out his phone number and, uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, shoot me a text, shoot me a message, whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. <laughs> it's, out, it's out there. It's out. Uh, well, Drew, thanks so much, man. This is fun, uh, catching up with you and, uh, it's been really fun following along your journey this season and, and seeing you with some young dogs. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, no, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll see you at a hunt test or a field trial. This yeah, time. yeah, we're we're close, man. So we we may. I've I've looked I, at some Kansas stuff. So um, yeah, and I know. Yeah, we got some. I got some national trials coming up this spring to uh, to do. So yeah, not not too far. Cool. Well, hopefully I see you out there. Definitely, definitely, man. Well, Drew, you have a great uh, rest of your night, and uh, thanks for jumping on here. Alrighty, man. Later. Thanks. But that's a wrap of episode 35 of the Upland Rookie Podcast. I want to thank my sponsors, Anookshook Professional Dog Food, Gunner Kennels, Trinity Bertans, and Onyx Hunt. Drew, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate uh, having you on. Uh, thanks for your time. And I love that we got to kick off the season together in the Sand Hills of Nebraska. Uh, excited for you and your endeavors uh, coming up here with the kennel, cutting coveys, and uh, excited to see uh, what you do with that. So, hey, and then uh, two more things for everyone. Uh, first, <laughs> first, if you could leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's really going to help this podcast get out there to more hunters just like you. And lastly, my announcement I wanted to make uh, was uh, I have hats coming. (laughs) Yes, hats are coming. Uh, I am doing a run of both Upland Brit hats as well as the Upland Rookie podcast hats. Um, So, uh, stay tuned. Uh, just be patient with me. Working on a couple things. Uh, picked out colors and, and hat styles the other day. Working with an awesome company um, to get those to you ASAP. I'm also waiting on a logo tweak from my brother. So a couple things in the works. In the works, but um, just know more hats are coming. Both Upland Brit and Upland Rookie hats are coming your way soon. So stay tuned uh, for more on that. Thanks so much, guys. Remember. Uh, Put some miles on those boots and follow your favorite bird dog. Take care.